Hello everyone, this is episode 24 of High Fantasy, member of the Broken Jars Network, and... Uh, Am I still off on the, the episode number? Because I put down 23 <laughs> for the episode. No, it's 24, and I'm certain of it this time, so it's okay. just... Okay. Well, I, I won't... You, you were right last time, so I'm not even going to bother asking, but... And then you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I asked. No, no. The question was, am I still wrong? And the answer was yes. Yes, Jacob is still wrong. Right. So have anyone been productive since the last time? Um, ish. Um, about 2K, 2K words, I, I say. Uh, so um, so uh, what I've been writing is this very, and, I, and I've rewritten it like three or four times now, where it's, the descent through an asteroid field to a planet. So it's like trying to like make this really epic feeling thing where the pilot's dodging asteroids and other things and all sorts of stuff. So I've been productive. I've probably written like 8K words, but it's only ended up being like 1500 or 2K because I've re- rewritten it like four or five times. <laughs> okay, rewriting has its place. And, and you have half a page of... Handwritten scribbles? Notes, yes. Actually, <laughs> yeah. in my handwriting, it is definitely scribbles. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have some of the worst handwriting ever. Uh, I, but um, I'm just putting ideas on paper. Which is good. I mean, uh, nothing. when I was trying to plot out more of the, the diner story that's in Chicago, totally not a ripoff of Dresden, I kept getting the one obstacle, like the second obstacle. I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm still stuck on that. And then, like, yesterday, I realized that dwarves are fun, like Tolkien Warhammer type dwarves. He's like, I think I'm stuck. I'm going to have to work on that for a little while because I can't stop thinking about it. Shit. The dwarves are, dwarves are so much fun. They are fun. Holy shit. And so. Getting, I would totally well, drop my 40K army. So in. another question I have is, does working on my new D&D campaign, like, is that a, does that work for writing? Seeing as the entire Malazan series came from D&D games, yeah, that counts. I mean, if you publish okay, it at cool. some point, great. Um, Wait, if you're speaking of, are you playing, Colin? You're in the you're in I the can't Discord on Tuesday nights. I left that Discord because I saw the timing. I, my actual D and D session is Tuesday nights. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, so what do you think of the rules anyway? Like, you have you seen the rules I've made? I'd have to go look at them again. All right, never mind then. <laughs> Cause like so, what I'm doing is I'm doing this D and D campaign, but it's far future, and I've made all sorts of new rules for like gun, laser guns and lightsabers and you could aircrafts. just uh, you know, um, like the D and D I play on Tuesday nights is uh, Death Watch, which is a 40k setting, which nice. has all the it's D and D, but it's got all the rules for laser guns and whatnot. And it's all base 100, which is very, very nice to play with. <laughs> so getting back onto the topic of this episode, because I think Jacob's just trying to derail at this point. It, He's afraid of this topic. <laughs> it, I'm not afraid of this topic. I'm afraid of overrunning this topic. <laughs> so don't overrun about D&D. But anyway, this topic is kind of, it's politics within stories or stories that have a political agenda and it's kind of a return to the ranting episode because after we did the rant about all the things episode, the next week for Dresden, we had like no preparation. So we basically did the same thing and asked what would happen to require 
for the diehard Dresden fans to stop reading or at least be really angry about it. And when I made that Reddit post, we got a lot of participation, actually. And a lot of the comments turned into, I would stop reading if he became too preachy. Either about some form of politics or the Christianity. Um, and basically, don't do what the Sword of Truth did, which I quite enjoyed. And I watched other people discuss it because the Sword of Truth did pretty much everything wrong. And a lot of it was the fact that he couldn't get off of his politics. And not that the world had its own internal politics, which was one thing, because that can be fun. But the fact that communism is terrible and every book became just that. And it's that kind of discussion they want to get into. Like, what, when was it done badly? Like, sort of truth. When can it be done well? How can politics of real issues uh, be treated in ways that aren't story-breaking, essentially? And I know we're going to get derailed, and I know it, but that's what we're trying to discuss. (laughs) Well, I mean, so if you want to talk politics in terms of books, that is sort of benign, but actually does a good job of the whole all war is hell kind of thing. You got Hunger Games because it ends up being that the, the side that's trying to overthrow the other side is just as bad as, you know, the capital. So District 13, who's trying to overthrow the Capitol, they're just as bad. They're just a different kind of bad. Right. She pulled that off as well. As yeah, she I, don't, she did. I didn't really. But that's what she was going for. Yeah, sort of. And so I, I give her credit for going for that. But if you want to talk politics and books, you got to start at the beginning, right? 1984. I mean, that's. If you haven't read 1984 in. Look, if you've read Wikipedia or seen memes or GIFs or whatever, you have not read 1984. Go read 1984. It's a powerful book on totalitarian, totalitarianism. Totalitarianism. Yeah. Totalitarianism. It's just a big word. I cannot say it. I'm from Texas, man. I, I don't say words that big. <laughs> and, you know, communism and the freedom of the press in, like, Fuck, even like memory holding, which is what the people tearing down statues in Charlottesville are doing. Like, this is all this is all talked about in 1984. Everything that's happening right now is being talked about in 1984. That isn't the kind of topic that I was hoping this is going to be, because 1984 is a book about politics. And that's different than, say, a fantasy or sci-fi story that all of a sudden goes on a rant about gun rights or abortion or racism. Well, then, well, I mean, that's, you shouldn't do that. I mean, your book should be internally consistent. Like Orwell, he was internally well, so consistent. So the truth is also writing. internally consistent in the fact that communism is bad. Every time that the evil empire of communism shows up, it is bad. It is terrible. People are unhappy. And uh, Richard, the awesome Mary Sue person, just comes in and saves everything. That always happens. It is eternally consistent. But... He's like taking an outside political idea, putting it in his own world where he controls all of the uh, nuances and everything that happens and the after effects, people's decisions, and forces it to be that his guy always wins and what he hates always loses. And what he hates mm-hmm. is bad. Because it and everyone bad. else considers it bad. So there's no one that can truly say that, no, this is a good thing and provide good reasons for it. It's one-sided. And it just makes it terrible. 
Okay, so what you're saying is that you hate writers who bring in a obviously outside idea without building it inside the world? Sort of. So, so, so imagine in this world, uh, with Malison, is that, that what you're critiquing? Sort of truth. Sort of truth. So imagine he had built up this whole communist idea within a rival nation. I think and the they bigger, had gone to war and done that kind of stuff. I think the bigger issue has to do with the black and whiteness of yeah. his treatment of it. Communism is yeah, bad. Yeah, and, and every single time it's no bad. There's no good thing about it. It's always internal suffering. And I mean, communism does have issues. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it I'm not saying it's issues. great, but it's not as terrible as he was portraying it with like people ripping their eyes out because they want to be good for the people and all weird shit like that. It's like he was making a straw what? man of it, a caricature of itself in order to make it worse. And that, that made his favorite self-insert type character more awesome because he defeated it. I mean, whenever Richard does anything, it always ends up being the right decision. Even when it, like, if you think about it for more than a couple of seconds, it should be the wrong one. And he just, like, what Terry Goodkind did was always forcing it to be the way that he wanted it to without, like, making it logical. Well, okay, so this begs the question because I have a lot of questions. So, but this begs the question of the internal consistency of the argument. You know, if look, I mean, I can argue. I mean, I can argue to you why communism is bad, but inside the book, I may or may not be able to argue why his version of this bad government is bad. Sort of. I mean, you can say something like that. Like if, if someone decided to make a story and has like a, the political government is a matriarchy and everything's wonderful and it's happy and, and uh, they have no problems with it. It's, Wonder it's you know, if, when you put it as this thing and it's always the best one and put it on a pedestal that way and it doesn't have any flaws and then people can look at it and say, see, it worked. That's what we should do. And that's what and you're trying to do that with the agenda of it for your story. It makes it less entertaining. It's less realistic because everything's got its problems. And it's just kind of a, a bad thing to do in story writing because it's not story writing. It's propaganda. You look so unhappy with me. <laughs> well, no, it's it. I have so much going on in my head right now. So one time, well, certain part, well, there is always propaganda. And it's whether or not you believe it, right? You know, it's it's the whole, if you watch the uh, the first Avenger, Captain America, I mean, he was on a propaganda tour. It was just in the, inside of the United States, right? You know, if, if you read 1984, which I know you haven't, Director Alex, but if you read it, it's all about how they use propaganda to fuel different things. So it's it's what what what's your aim with the book? 
do you want to be political with the book or do you have a book with political things I mean, it inside could also of just it? Be, I mean, I love stories that have political strife as the tension and the, the conflict in stories. I love that stuff. House of Cards, yes. But when it becomes... For the first four yeah. seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and then reality mm. overtook it. Well, okay. Ignoring that. Um, but that kind of stuff I do love. It's that when one person is obviously wrong and the other person is obviously right and you boil it down to black and white, you're not getting a good story. You're just getting mental masturbation. Well, it's it's the... That, but that's the easiest thing to write. Yes. That is black it versus is. white. It's it's the hero's tale. I mean, it's the hero's tale boiled down is left, left or right, up or down, good or bad, whatever, whatever you choose. It's a shortcut of like I can't think of a more complicated bad right. guy. So he's just going to be the guy who tortures puppies. Everyone hates that. Everyone sympathizes it's with the, the good guy. It's a Disneyfication of writing there is a, a very good person a very bad person mm -hmm. there's nothing in between and when that happens happening. with things that are or should be more nuanced with that like uh say various cultures when you show a culture in a fantasy or sci-fi setting and like this one is treated like a porcelain doll and the other one is treated like that's got a lot of problems and people can critique it but you can't say that the other one is bad either because you might be criticizing people of a different skin color when something is treated so carefully because they're afraid of a backlash, it's not going to work. Right. I mean, that, that, that's a hard part about, you know, getting into politics is like, you never know who's going to get pissed off. Like, like I just had a, a, a thing today. It was really random. So we were walk. Me and my wife. We took a walk to the store because we live in an, an urban area. We took a walk to the store, and these people are giving away kittens. They're like, "Hey, here's a kitten. Take one." And we took the run of the litter. I mean, she was little, itty bitty, fit in the palm of my hand. You know, but my allergies flared up immediately. I didn't even get to take her home because whatever. All that stuff. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? I could write a really interesting, you know, political book about this. Because you have allergies. Things are different. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's always a I hard mean, topic to get into. There's a lot into. of things that are, like, have been written with, like, the point of view that women are being oppressed. We should stop that. Or, uh people of different races are being oppressed and we should stop that it's not right. And a lot of those stories, they can be very good, but when they become stilted in that way, when the bad guy becomes indefensible, I think that that's a, a marker that it's with an agenda and the protagonist is probably some form of Mary Sue that is... I mean, it's all right for your villains to be pure evil villains with no redeeming qualities unless you start to ascribe real thoughts to them, if you make them into a parody of a political ideology and then give them zero redeeming qualities, you're not being faithful to yeah. your readers. I mean, I, readers. I, it's been established that I really like 
characters that are like morally gray or like the bad guy who does good things. Shit, conflicted. But I like that because they seem like real people. No one is 100% good or bad. So the main characters should have their own like flaws. And like the, the characters that I love, they should have their own flaws about personal things. Like I've recently devoured the entire Temeraire series. The first book is His Majesty's Dragon, and it's all written by uh, Naomi Novik. It's Napoleonic Wars with Dragons. So in the Napoleonic times, oh, just, it's uh, wonderful. As a book to read while yeah, waiting it, it for, is a really uh, good. I love it. Um, it's very quickly one of my favorite series now. And in the Napoleonic times, they have funny concepts like slavery is okay, gay people should be killed, and Napoleon is evil, even though what he did was actually benefiting a lot of people of France and Europe. Like, he improved their industry and the economy and all things like that, Like, but he's still the bad guy. And it caused a lot of uh, moral qualms there, and it's like it was really well done. So, like, the main character is, like, when he uh, has issues against slavery, because basically his father has issues against slavery, but his best friend is the son of a slaver, he's got issues. And the the friend, he isn't a bad guy. He's just stuck with his situation. And it was handled very well. I think, well, Malazan does that a lot, too. The big, even though most of the time you're seeing it from protagonists in the Malazan Empire, there's still an expansionist empire taking over places. And you come to root for people fighting against them just as much as the people fighting for them. But at the same time, he makes sure that the Malazan Empire oftentimes brings a lot of good to the places they conquer. Even though they're conquering them, they still institute their own mm -hmm. laws, which outlaw slavery and basically eliminate all the factional strifes in whatever land they conquer as much as they can. Yeah. And but at the same time, they're still Within the story, that empire is being criticized for being so expansionist, even though they're doing good things. And it's like, there it yeah. isn't one perspective is the right perspective. And that's a, the big problem in a lot of some yeah. lots of stories is that like, this is the right thing to believe. Um, and when they build a story around that in order to show it, that's when I have a problem. <laughs> that's not necessarily bad. It's just, you don't like it. So you don't read it, but it's not necessarily a, bad thing to do if you have an idea it's one reason we write we have an idea i don't i we want to preach. i write because i find the stories are fun and so, i want to share them with people but i stay away anything that could be preachy right but some but most people okay. aren't as creative as you are most people just want to get down to brass tacks about left versus right up or down kind of thing well i think that's also especially in current climate. Uh, political scenarios, climate, it is bad to write something that portrays the other side And that's side what everyone has been doing, evil. or at least for really uh, contemporary things. And that's the, my issue, is that... And that's what yes. has... That's what good kind does wrong. I mean, okay, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to remember because it's been a long time since I've actually read the Sword of Tooth series because... I just couldn't handle it anymore. But what I remember of this communist empire was that everyone was suffering and no one could take initiative for anything. 
because like, if you did anything that was against the list or the paperwork and paperwork was throwing everything down, food was rotting because when a cart overturns, it would be impeding on someone else's job in order to pick up the food that just fell and try to save it because everything is being bogged down. And that's the way that he was trying to show it's terrible. Also, there were statues of people ripping their eyes out when they saw some form of perfection that they were trying to get to. It was really weird. But it, the, in, as a contrast, in Dresden, there's Sonya. And he kind of is the whole Trotsky thing, as he says, because he wants to go do good things that needs to be done. And his life may be uncomfortable, but he's doing good things for other people. And it's like he has the nuance there that good kind didn't give him. And I just am starting to have a lot of issues when books are one thing is irredeemably black or white and they're lumping all groups into one thing instead of showing nuance or the reasons why something might happen. They just do. And it's evil. Jacob, you look like you're thinking at me very hard. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure what to bring at you. I was actually reading some right, other it's things. Just like, so. You're just kind of staring at the screen. It's like, okay, he's uh, getting angry. No, uh, I mean, look, we when it comes to angry in terms of podcasts, you're you're very low on the list. Granted, it's very hot down here. It's like 90 degrees in my cave here. But <laughs> I can think of a couple of things that did the, the politics, real-world politics, that are fairly well. And the best thing I've found so far is His Majesty's Dragon series because he mentioned it with all sorts of issues of the fact that um, I heard before I read the series that there are like the dragons attached to certain people, generally one dragon to one person. And... Uh, some dragons will only attach to a woman. And I was afraid that it was going to be like, well, yeah, women should be doing more things and, and like they're just as good as men and that kind of like uh, political uh, discourse being shoved into it. But it wasn't. It was just that some dragons don't like men. They're kind of okay with them, but they love their woman. And... Yeah, so... Like like I was saying before we started the show, this is going to be one of those topics that's going to be hard for me because I all, when we want to talk politics and books, I want to talk 1984, Animal Farm, you know, Brave New World, that kind of stuff. And so when we're just talking about things that where they bring in politics we don't like, the only thing I really can bring up is Ray Player One because he, bring in, he brings in this very atheist theology – um, which, you know, I am not, I'm, you know, I believe in the God of the Bible. I have diff very varying different ideas about creation and other things, but you know, he's like, if you're not an atheist, you're fucking stupid. And I'm like, well, what about creationist evolution? You know, that kind of stuff. Doesn't this get back yeah, to the idea I that portraying the other side as wrong and evil is not right 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 exactly and exactly was, on topic of religion again from his majesty's dragon is that the main character is very religious and there was just like a brief uh thing when he was trying to tell his dragon about 
god and creation like well the dragon is asking a lot of difficult questions so let's just not talk about that but it was just really brief right there but otherwise he just tries to be a good person and also he tries to be a good christian and it's not preachy i mean that like christianity is obviously the right thing to do he's just trying to be a good person and follow his duty it was like he she had a, a lot of finesse and how did she presented everything i think um And one thing to do when you're doing, even if you want to put in your own political ideas, when you look at something like Malazan, where you've got characters discussing the pluses and minuses of an empire, you want to make sure that you don't feel like you're just talking through someone. Because like in Malazan, it's characters talking to each other who have points of view that espouse ideas, but may or may not be right ideas, mm -hmm. like you want it to be characters in your yeah, books talking. Yeah, I mean, the self-insert character is uh, fairly terrible in general, but when it becomes espousing my ideas are the best, it's just another layer of terrible. <laughs> I know, and also there's things like when you're talking about like the expanding empire, it reminded me in the Song of Ice and Fire. Daenerys decides to overthrow all the slavers in Slaver's Bay. And then she starts getting issues like, well, you just uprooted the entire economy. You've got problems to deal with now because everyone was okay. Maybe some people were really suffering, but other people were doing fine. And it's like the idea that slavery is bad taken to an extreme and without the uh, understanding of the complexities of the situation just made everything worse. And I liked that kind of turning on her. I think that's... I don't have the line in front of me because it's not in the book I'm reading, but um, in one of the Malazan books, when they're talking about the benefits the Empire brought when they conquered this continent, he basically goes through the list of things they've done. They've outlawed slavery. They've cut down on the faction warfare. They've... Um, I mean, and all those kind of things. And then he just ends with the comment. So, <laughs> in essence, the land is just about ready for rebellion. It's like all these benefits they bought, but then the people yeah. who were already there were happy with what they had. And it... I haven't... I wasn't able to get through enough of the first book of Malison to get into anything else. But... It, uh... Yeah. Gardens of the Moon is 84. I tried twice. It's a worthwhile chore. Uh, but it's just like when he talks about philosophy, I did think that it was his characters doing things and that there were good and bad sides of each side instead of and uh, self-insert of anything. Maybe that's because he had the anthropologist background. It's like, oh, yeah, there's problems all over the place. Let's have fun with it. Um, in the, the fifth book, you've got a new empire that uh, you run into that is very much a critique on capitalism. It has a king and queen for some reason, but the entire empire revolves around debt and the making of money. So there's an entire class of people who are indebted for even the smallest of things, and they expand by gifting. So one of their methods of expanding is they go to... Uh, civilizations outside their borders and bring them gifts and then charge them for those gifts 
and incurred debts for them that they continue to expand through. And then one of the groups they're trying to do this to ends up fighting back. But they're <laughs> Everyone's also... Everyone's bad. It's yeah. like, it's just they're bad too. morally gray. So you don't know who to root for? Yeah, that can I mean, be Alizan. I feel like this kind of topic of gray, stories yeah. with agendas can happen just as much in not only sci-fi that, fantasy, but say things like romance of like presenting, well, this image of a person is the most attractive and I'm going to show you why because the awesomely hot love interest is going to fall for them and proclaim from the tops of every mountain that this person is attractive. I mean, I feel like the this is right is the moral basis for most novels. You know, I believe that this one thing or this one virtue is good. And so that's why I'm writing about it, because I want people to think I'm right. I mean, if I was going to sum up Malazan in one word, it'd be compassion, which is maybe why I like it. That is a narrative, like, that is the word that runs the narrative of the entire story. Like, the concept of compassion and what it means to care and to see the other side. So I guess maybe. if you're going to do one... Or maybe the quality that obviously will cause conflict. Like, compassion, like, compassion for your side and the other side of, like, yeah, other people are dying even though they're against you, too. And, and that can be good, but yes. I really got to disagree with Jacob's idea that people will write a story because, like, I have the right ideas or, like, this is a good thing. I want to write about it. It's like, I just like, hey, this is uncomfortable. Let me write about it. <laughs> it's, I think it's like you're probably reading things that might start from there. So it's like your selection gives you a different view of what the audiences are. Maybe, but still, look, I have definitely read, I mean, read Ready Player One. It comes from a very specific place of this is humanity in the virtual world and what happens to the world outside of it, and it's really bad. So he came from that very specific idea. And so, and I think we all... A lot of times we come with a very, very specific idea of the world around our characters. Yes. But I think that if that feels like kind of half finished, that there's more you should be saying. Keep going. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that did, sorry, I thought that was like half of a statement, too. All right. So. So we have this idea that our characters are a thing and the world around them is also a thing. That's where most writers come from is we have A versus B and that's that's the uh, the conflict. We don't we don't care about the, the nuances. I have to disagree with that just, statement because I feel like it. this is like the argument for nuance episode for me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't do that. I'm just saying that a lot of people do that. I mean, isn't that where most ideas come from? Yeah. Right. The A versus B. Conflict? 
yeah, yeah. you've got some, that's your starting point usually. Occasionally, Lots of times it's you've character got that's character uncomfortable. That's starting point. <laughs> well, well, I know for uh, me, like, uh, the Carlin story came from the idea of this. I mean, you did pretty good things with Carlin. Has to save but, like, the man who he had to betray him, his friend to do what he thought was right, and then he had to help the guy who betrayed him. I mean, I've written stories where they, uh, like, there was no, there wasn't a conflict. Oh, do you like mean that. like the way that a, Harry and Michael I are in this, Dresden you that about kind of thing. Christianity? Like, Michael is religious, and Dresden is not. I mean, he he's spoken to Uriel the Archangel. Yeah. He totally knows that that exists. Right, he right, just, right. It's just not his. Yeah, that kind of annoys me. Right, but most people won't take that leap you know like most people are like i believe this and they won't they won't bring in the archangel point of view i think he's something i don't give a shit so what is harry is he just agnostic because yeah so he knows that god exists he just he's not a part of a theology but he says he is in the books but he knows there's a god God exists. He's aware of it. He's just... Well, no, I, I think mean, that like, there so would be he, a, a he, distinction between belief and right. knowing. He's he just, knows God's a thing. He does not... Worship. He knows that God is there's real. There's belief and worship. He knows he that has, God is he real. He just doesn't worship. He's not a part He's of the religion or its strictures. He does not want does to not worship promote them... And be a part of their following because he's a part of his own thing. Which, in essence, doesn't that make the entire idea of Christianity? Christianity, the organized religion, is organized by people. But the way that he treats Michael and Charity is that they're they're just good people. They're not like a, a straw man for like Christians are all dicks or Christians are all wonderful. Yeah, they're just people, and he doesn't get preachy with the religion no, because they're awesome. Like if Michael doesn't try to force it. He says that things like, "Well, you should really set aside Bob because he's an evil spirit." But Bob has some good qualities, and Michael's just a little protective. And also, like even the idea that like Nicodemus might be trying to do the whole redemption something, like he's also treated as a full character and not. A straw man of what is evil, even though <laughs> we've had arguments about that on the other podcast so many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Justin did a lot of things right, and also just the like Murphy. Down. She's a rather short, small woman who's doing a very masculine type job, and the way that they treat her with it is, I feel very accurate. But it's not that, like, she can do everything. She does mess up. She does make mistakes, and she fails and fights. She's not a straw person character of, like, women are awesome. Yeah, she's not Wonder Woman. She's just an awesome woman. She's a strong, powerful woman. Yeah. And I do like how he, and, the in Skin Game, when she makes the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. The very yeah, wrong choice. She knew the that choice it was that she also kind of the wrong choice. Like she knew the, the consequences of it, it, 
but she couldn't deal with the consequences of the other one either. It's just like she's a a very well done, fleshed out character in all forms. And it's like the argument for nuance, goddammit, is I do not want straw people with one or two flat qualities. I want real conflict in them. (laughs) Well, that was... That was what one of the things I ranted about in Tropes. I hate characters who are... Your character is a flaw. Yeah. Like, you start um, with what's and, their flaw, and that's your character. Or what's their attribute, and that's their character. Oh, this is a risky statement, but I kind of feel like in that's the current social boring. climate of identity politics, trope characters are probably a little bit more common. Because it's like, I identify as a gay person, therefore the entire story is going to be colored that way. When it doesn't have to be. Well, I, I feel like more people are. Be- I feel like more and more people are becoming tropes in and of themselves as humans, which is a bad thing to do. But I feel like that's what's happening to, oh, to feed yeah. off your statement there, Alex. It has very much become an if an us versus them scenario, and the us is a single. Yeah, identity and everyone who disagrees with you is a Nazi. I mean, yeah, there are actual neo-Nazis, white supremacists, but a guy who just disagrees with you isn't the same thing. I was going to say, I feel like the current season of Game of Thrones has gone that way. Mm-hmm. Where each character is like, hey, got- this is what the character was about, so this is what he's going to do every time. Ugh. Arya is the creepy assassin girl and no longer has the ability to think outside that Well, they box. got better a couple of seasons ago. Jamie was just the dude that fucks his sister. Uh... No, and that... Well, that's one of the things that I hate with Jamie right now is that we got that character development. We saw the layers underneath the skin. We realized how conflicted he is. And now he's just Cersei's bitch again. I don't know where that where oh. where did the depth go and you look that. at what they did to uh loris when you talk about gay characters loris in the books is a man devoted to and probably in love with renly baratheon and mm-hmm. that devotion is what makes his character and, and in the that show was it. I mean, it's this loris guy's gay was the second Here's coming of jamie lannister guys. he was uh, he's gay. way too skilled like, for his age and a very complicated person who happens to be gay Instead of the gay party boy. And it, that, yeah, it was, they did that very yeah, badly. The show, he's gay. <laughs> like, that almost got a little <laughs> of offensiveness. <laughs> and I don't get offended at so, a lot of things. <laughs> oh, God. Then again, that's what I feel like the great the Grey Worm storyline just seemed, it just seems like the two show I think a lot of that like, is we're on HBO like we have, have to sex. show boobs once in a while and that's all the entire point of it was actually it feels like people don't care yeah. anymore and just want the show <laughs> go figure I mean I think that as a lot of like, I stopped reading the Anita Blake series because there was just too much sex everywhere. And, and I don't, I'm not a prude, 
I uh, can really enjoy sex scenes, but I, the way that she just filtered sexual conflict through everything is just like it would became too much. Like in order to get information, she had to go to an orgy. Exactly. Yeah. For people who's not watching the video, did not get to see Colin's face, but it was the face of why the fuck would you do that? It's like, and then there was this broken, like, uh, <laughs> boy that was attached to her for a little while, and he was trying to help, but any time that she's mad, he tries to have sex with her, and then she gets mad at that, and then he's like, oh, why don't you love me, or something like that. I just, I, I couldn't. Within the first, like, chapter or two, she's making out with a vampire, even though she hates his guts. It's like, oh, really? You hate him, but you have to, like, ugh. I hated Buffy. I watched have the first watched season Buffy? and couldn't take it anymore. Did you watch much of it? Okay. Because when Buffy I mean, starts sleeping with Spike, weird can just, be just okay. Gets, weird can be fun. Hate fucking, fucking can be fun. It's just kind of weird. It's, stop using sex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just stop using sex as like trying it to is be James Marsters. titillating <laughs> I will fair, give cr- uh, credit to Sanderson on at least one issue in Sanderson Stormlight Archive when Dalinar is in a relationship with his dead brother's wife widow he wants to marry her and she's perfectly fine with that He she wants to have sex and he yeah, says no it's not proper and there's a conversation of her pointing out that, like, this is a little stupid. You realize that. And he's like, yes, I know it's irrational, but still it's not proper. So, I mean, obviously Sanderson was using his own point of views and poking fun at them. And I'll give him credit for that. And. Yeah. I, yeah. I just feel like, well, maybe in Mistborn he hadn't quite. I mean. He wrote Miss Bourne before he got married. Yeah. (laughs) But it still always kind of bugged me that Vin and Elend were in a a relationship for a couple of years, and then they got married, and then they start sleeping together. It doesn't, especially since Vin just grew up on the streets. Why would she give a shit about that? There's no reason that she would care. Yeah, because he didn't yeah, establish as to why she cared or why even Elend cared. It's a little bit more reasonable for him. Up. Yeah. Yeah, the nobles kind of seem like party boys. <laughs> no, he's boys. the party boy that like but then just Elend, reads philosophy books Elend at the party. Different. And it's like, I'm better than you because I read but books. At the same time. Yeah, it... it Likes her. Uh, <laughs> It's like, well, then I, I liked the moment when he and his friends retreated into like a, a, a smaller room and just like spoused about political things. And like, we should really change the world with our ideologies that are written in books written by other people who are smarter than us. I <laughs> felt actually fairly realistic as to what that person would be. It actually kind of made me feel bad. And is it the second or the third one when his friend brings a Coloss army to the city? But it's like, and this is when someone's philosophy just falls apart. And, but it makes you feel bad for the character. 
And it makes you feel bad for Elaine that he sees. What I don't know. There, there was some good parts about Mistborn, obviously, and there's some bad parts. And Sanderson's getting better, and he's, he pokes fun at his own things. He has an atheist character in Stormlight Archive, which I don't know if it's that she doesn't believe in the gods existing or she just doesn't think they're worth worshiping. But regardless, she was my favorite. <laughs> I mean, I liked her. I like Jasna because she like, uh, um, one does a lot of the world the building ruler. explanations, which I really Who's love. And then she's critical of things and gets really pointed into the plot line versus anything that's just roundabout, whatever. I didn't like her because she's an atheist. I just was impressed that he made her. True. I mean, she just does <laughs> not subscribe to anything in particular. She's always going to question things. I did like the uh, Lord Ruler reveal, though. This guy who is set up as just this evil villain who's been ruling an evil yeah, empire. Yeah, he had a different perspective. Long. And it turns so, out he yeah, was he would just slaughter doing a thousand per- people at a time. But people. it was because he was trying to save three billion people all at once. Yeah, and no, but it it does change what he was, and it changes Ooh, like oh, he's kind of yeah. sympathetic now. Doesn't make him. He had new ones that you just didn't get to see before. Uh huh. You can have compassion for. Kind of want to see a transcript word cloud of this episode. Keep throwing around the same words. If you get bored one night, but like, oh. we could do that. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, if you did a cloud <laughs> of Malazan, you would probably come up with compassion, and then hoods balls. Hoods balls <laughs> probably second on the list of words said in that series. Well, like I told everyone, I'm going to be uh, a bystander on this episode because I read a lot of political books. I mean, but I don't read into politics and share everything I read. I'm trying to think of Wheel of Time. I didn't really get well to see much politics in the first well book, and I never got around to reading beyond that. Because it was, that was. Just a little bit of a chore. Not as bad as a chore as the Malazan book, but it's just like, I don't know if I want to go get this next one. Well, I feel like they they have the opposite issues. Malazan is, I don't have a clue what's going on, and you're not going to have a clue what's going on even at the end of the book. But every book kind of fills in the details as you go. It's Fairly impressive how he does that, but it's still yeah. really difficult to get to the start. Whereas, it I was the world, very similar. I don't even know if you it need to read the book. Just if you've read Lord of the Rings, it's the same goddamn book for at least half of it. It is. I don't know how. I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings was the thing at the time when he wrote that, but that introduction could have been in the Shire with no issues whatsoever. And you, you kind of want to stand out as an author, don't you? Hey, or if your book's wanna... out, who cares, right? 
<laughs> or do you just want to I go mean, with I don't know. the rote idea that everyone feels safe with? I guess that's well why by now because everyone like did it for too long. Literary agents. Tolkien will did it essentially with the Shire, and then you like, open up with a farm boy. Wheel of Time is about a farm boy who went to save the world, and yeah. well, okay, no, Codex Alera. He started with a farm boy. Jordan did it because yeah. he wanted to be the tropiest thing as possible. True, but that but he was, was, yeah. he, he was like. I'm going to start with a farm boy <laughs> and Pokemon and watch me do a he thing. He wasn't, like, and successful at that point. Legion. He but just said, like, hey, like, I'm, I'm good enough at right. When he started I'm Codex Alera, uh, a couple of books of Dresden might have been out, but he was not what you call was successful Codex yet. But he was making money. Like, he, he could pump out a Dresden novel. It was before now with the whole so Stormfront came trilogy thing. Four years he could before pump Codex out a Dresden novel in like nine months. Okay, six books. But nonetheless, he had, yes, but he had six books out in the Dresden series. Yeah, he was pumping out Dresden okay. left was, and right. That is, yeah, Bloodwrites was out at the I time. He, he said, I remember him saying he was on an internet forum because he, I remember the description I mean, he was of, at a convention. It's the kind of argument so you turn caps lock on and so. start screaming. I thought, oh, was it on a forum? <laughs> oh, I thought he was. Wow. Okay. So according to his, his, uh, you know, <laughs> true wiki, it's, he was at a writer's conference and okay. got in a fight what, with somebody. It's like, just... look, I'll make a book with two bad ideas, Pokemon and the Lost Legion. So apparently <laughs> we don't even know well, the true story about Codex. It doesn't mean it happened on the forum. It says that he was challenged by a member of Del Rey's online writer's workshop. Also, I, that he could what not I think it was is do, that the guy was sick of those ideas, ideas and, because, and thought Lost because Roman he was Legion sick of them, ideas? everyone the else would be too. But neither Pokemon, neither one of those ideas it itself is really to death, but, heavily used yeah. by anybody. People are dumb, man. Well, People are stupid. <laughs> I mean, come on. But as like a concept in fantasy, I don't really see Pokemon as a idea. Granted, mm. I don't feel like he did Pokemon justice. He just went back to the general concept. Yeah, of I don't know. Spirits, when you get rid of something done. like the Pokeball, right, it really right. changes what Pokemon are. <laughs> but still, he did it well. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read I that know. entire series. I, I remember really loving the descriptions of what people were saying what inside the, the story. Of like the people in the cities thought they were just mindless things that people can control, but the people out in the rural areas, like they have personality and they're slightly stronger, and like they can be uh, passed down throughout the family and with their personalities, and it's just kind of a, a difference in what they think is right, and it seems like. Both are right in how they conceptualize it. Yeah. 
and then other people can have more. I had is and I think with that the way like some people seemed only to have literally one ability. Uh, that I remember being explained is that um, you kind of have no like a duty to procreate, and people with difference. powerful furies have a duty to procreate with other people who have powerful furies in order to make mm-hmm. bloodlines of people who have multiple. That's why the nobility generally have all of the furies, but the common people generally have one. Well, that's uh, the more Pokemon angle, but I don't think that happened. But can't you just meet a Fury and... Guess he's getting into the whole, like, trainers have one. Tavi? Isn't that how... No. What's his name? Taven? No, he he got his Furies because they were bequeathed to him. He befriends local spirits. Tavi, whatever his name is. Octavian. He he was just... He was developing late... Like, literally just 10 years know? late, essentially. And then when he got a bigger one, it's like, oh, it was bequeathed to him. Again. And that's what the nobility are doing. And, uh... Yeah. <laughs> it's been out for a long time. Read the damn series already. Hashtag spoiler. <laughs> well, read the book instead of listen to it. it that solves that issue. I tried. I couldn't get past a reader. Aw. I don't have that option. I'm finally over the narration change in Mount. Do we have other things to say about political agendas and stories? Okay. Because... I, we could go on more about like when <laughs> people did it not well, but context, my examples are pretty much the Temeraire series and Dresden at the moment. Yeah, you're the hashtag Malison guy. And pretty much everything I talk about is just Malison at this point. <laughs> and oh, by the way, Kennedy. okay, I'm going to use these well, few minutes that work. we have I'm remaining until this in the hour to just say that Sword yeah. of Truth series is terrible for more reasons than the anti-communism, but like, Harry Goodkind dick. <laughs> so do we actually want to next time tackle real politics in books, like political books? I mean, for our fantasy and sci-fi. I mean, because that's, I mean, Dystopia was basically founded with 1984, right? We should not talk about 1984 until we've all read it. Well, I have. I well, have too. I don't know. There's like more times. politics to be discussed. It is. I mean, there's a book that you books can't talk about that are political. And then there's like the politics that happen in getting a book even made. Which might be kind of similar, but maybe not. It's just, how do you feel about that part? (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if there... (laughs) Look. When we talked with TJ from Jellyfish, he was like, yeah, if you're more politically relevant or relevant in general, you're going to have a better chance to get published. But But good books stand the test of time. Which, again, is why you should not 
write a book that portrays one side as irredeemable. So maybe we should talk about books we love that stand the test of time. Next time? Yeah? So next time is just books we like? I don't know if I've read anything. That no, not, not just books we like. Books we like that I avoided those that in have high been school, around and I hated the ones I was like forced to read. At least 50 years. I don't know if I know any of those. So classic. I did not read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, then... The fuck? I read more contemporary things. Things that are like I 20 years old right? instead. Then, then you're a I bad can talk person, Alex. Yeah, you should read more. We'll figure it out. Very good kinds of dick. Well, we're gonna talk can about something a little bit more next about time. that. Like this is personally <laughs> bothering me. Uh, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> There's no braid tugging and like sort of truth. Read the sort of time, sort of time, sort of truth. Wheel of time, same thing. But Not at here's all. Here's like a level. Of so pretentiousness that good that, kind got to. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's a thing that is a very <laughs> is him versus her a political issue? Gender differences a political issue? Okay, you know how you hate waiting for a new book to come I out when like you're all caught up just, in the series, oh and God. so a lot of you like you'll like reread the series as you're waiting for the next one. Who the fuck knows? Terry, Terry Goodkind did this thing when of like he had one book and then he didn't want people to read it too fast, so he split okay, it up into it? three to ex- deliberately extend the waiting time so people could would be forced to read it and uh, more consume his important messages and make sure that they're fully appreciated. This guy's a... He is, yeah. It, it's just, about like, it. God, I hate this guy. <sighs> okay. I got my message out there. Sucking his own dick. (laughs) I'm sorry, everyone. It's just so. So plug yourself and let's get out of here. We're we're just spiraling down at this point. So check us out at uh, patreon.com forward slash broken jars. Broken jars XYZ. Yeah. Give us your hard earned money. We have the Dresden Files podcast. We have the Great Scott podcast. If you will like The Office, which I'm a part of. We have a nerd culture podcast called Dangerous Go Alone. Um, The Long Haul, if you're into, you know, if you're a parent and also want to listen to people who are parents who also game with their kids, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just uh, hit us up and uh, we can help you out. Hashtag Malison. <laughs>